And go dogs. And go dogs. Go dogs. Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 48 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my two good pals, Micah Burge. Couple days for putting damn man in the dirt. And the return of Nathan McDonald. Prodigal Son has returned. I'm back. Yes, we are happy to have you back, buddy. And. Glad that you are feeling good and looking good and ready to talk some football. Yeah, appreciate that. Yep, everything's all right, relatively speaking. For sure. Well, that's good to hear. Well, uh, as always, we got uh, our waiver wires, and this is actually a good waiver wire week where we've had it be pretty barren the past couple of weeks. Uh, we will have our dog discussions, uh, followed by some start sit. Um, we're going to have a reflection section uh, where we're just going to kind of talk about some themes of the season. And then, of course, finishing off the episode with our starts of the week, as always. So, um, Nate, do you have a, the uh, injury report here or, or now? Oh, that is a no-go, my friend. No okay, injury no, report. No worries, no worries. Well, you're going to have to figure out your own injuries. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about some throughout the episode. But the waiver wire section will inform some of those, and I'll go ahead and open up. I did. It. All right, real quick, can we get to uh, – there was some breaking news that Antonio Brown and I think one other Bucks receiver are suspended three games for lying up their vaccine status to the league. So they're going to be suspended for three games. So you you can be sure that Antonio Brown's going to be out for you know the foreseeable future. He can come back. He can come back week sixteen and seventeen. So he can't come back for the semis and the finals. But it, this is such an Antonio Brown thing. Okay. It is such an Antonio. Yeah, Brown. it's it's always it's always it's always something. And yeah, I'm sure you know if, if most of you guys that keep your ear to the ground with the beat reports and things heard the story that uh, this was alleged like two weeks ago. And so I guess, I guess it's been found to be true. And uh, yeah, that's also, it's interesting. That's also a, you know, a federal offense. I wonder, you know, if any legal action will, will end up coming with that, but he's um, it, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm sure he's not going to spend any jail time, but you know, maybe, yeah, pay a fine or something, but we will see. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one to bring up. Um, but uh, yeah. We will jump into the waiver wire section here, and uh, it's, I'll be interested to see if this guy. There's a couple that could maybe be the number one overall, but my number one uh, this week is going to be Jamal Williams. So uh, DeAndre Swift, obviously, he's going to be injured. It doesn't look like it's going to be long term. Uh, I think it's a shoulder sprain. Is that is that if I'm remembering correctly? But um, yeah, Jamal Williams will serve uh, at least for, you know, a couple of weeks, and especially if you're one of these teams that are just like you, you need a couple – one or two wins to push into the playoffs right now. I think he's the, you know, perfect type of running back that can uh, that can provide that kind of service uh, at this time. So, yeah, Jamal Williams is my number one uh, overall pick, right? Uh, you you, you got Ratatouille in, in your background there, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry, I'll have to uh, be quiet that. But, uh, anyways, Jamal Williams, Nate, 
who is your number one overall pickup this week? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jamal Williams uh, was my number one running back for sure. Um, I think he's a great pick. Um, switching over, I'll, I'll mention my favorite wide receiver for this week, and it's actually Josh Reynolds uh, for the Lions. I think from what we've seen, he has an immediate connection with Jared Goff. And yeah, they obviously played together with the Rams and the Lions have been suffering at receiver all year. So I think that uh, relationship is going to continue to grow. So, uh, yeah, I would pick up Josh Reynolds because I think he's going to be useful over you know all the remaining games because the Lions are going to keep trying to get a win and uh, golf is going to keep going to him as long as the results are good. So pick up Josh Reynolds. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm surprised that's your number one. Uh, he's on my list, but he, uh, I do have a wide Well, you receiver. missed it, but I said Jamal Williams was my number one, but he's my – Josh Reynolds is my number one wide, wide receiver pick. Okay, okay, I got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just saying I do have a wide receiver ranked above him, but, uh, yeah, I'll get to that uh, after Micah gives his waiver wire pick. Yeah, I have a wide receiver above him, and I'm, like, stunned you didn't pick him, Nathan. Um, he's a wide receiver two on the year, and it's Kendrick Bourne. Like he uh. has just produced week in and week out this past week when he had his 40 yard touchdown, it was literally like a drag route that he caught and took 40 yards to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, he's been playing great this year. He's wide receiver 24 on the season. So I think he's a really underrated pickup and he might be better than having Jacoby Myers. Even though I still like Jacoby and he's been doing good, but Kendrick has been outperforming him slightly this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne was the guy that I alluded to earlier, but I'm surprised both of you guys don't have a couple of running backs um, above those guys. Uh, so Jamal Jamal Williams, of course, was my number one, but Chuba Hubbard, um, you know, he's he was owned. Um, there were probably some McCaffrey owners that might have still kept him, but he was also dropped in a lot of leagues mm-hmm. once McCaffrey was back and showing that, you know, he was the McCaffrey of old, at least until he was re-injured and uh, – Chuba Hubbard, I think, is definitely worth picking up. There's a lot of people that would say maybe picking up Chuba Hubbard above Jamal Williams just because Chuba Hubbard's more long-term. But, um, you know, he had, he had a couple of good performances and good games. But, you know, I don't think uh, – I, I think that Jamal Williams, with the, with the whatever time that uh, he gets, can do a lot more than, than what Chuba Hubbard is likely to do game in, game out. With that being said, uh, it's definitely still uh, a great pickup. But, uh, but yeah, I'm surprised uh, – and that that you guys had those those wide receivers ranked ranked above uh, uh, Chuba, and actually I have one more one more running back that I would pick up above them, but uh, I'll pass it back to Nate and see who his next person is. Uh, yeah, so if you're in need of a quarterback, I suggest you go ahead and pick up Taysom Hill. Uh, I think he's probably going to be the starter Ooh. for the Saints the rest of the year. I hate to say it. Um, you know, we'll get to whether he, he'll be in our start sit section later, so I won't get too much into detail about that. But, uh, you know, with his rushing upside, you know, he he had a four-game stretch last year where he had four touchdowns in that uh, starting span. So I, I expect him to get, you know, probably one a game, and that gives you a pretty solid floor. So, uh, yeah, he's without a lot of weapons this week. We'll get to that later in the start sit section. But yeah, Taysom Hill, if you need a quarterback, uh, especially if you swung on Cam Newton and took a big whiff, uh, Taysom Hill might be able to rescue you there. Oh, oh, Nathan, you weren't here for it last week, but Josiah and everyone can attest to it. I said that Cam was going to have a bad week and he was going to come to Cinder, and there's a reason why. 
the Patriots had cut him and no one had signed him until the Panthers did. So it happened. Yeah. The Panthers and, and That's why I'm not high on Chuba Hubbard. And it was a, just to touch on camera quick, it was a catastrophic game, but I, you know, don't drop him. I still think, and I think Taysom will be similar. I think they'll both have good games where they get rushing touchdowns and maybe a, maybe a passing touchdown, but you know, they're also just going to have horrible, horrible, ugly, catastrophic games like this. And I think Cam Newton completed five passes out of like 28 throw attempts or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just horrible. Uh, but, you know, uh, again, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be the franchise quarterback or anything, but, you know, there's, there's been some murmurs of him losing his job to PJ Walker. I don't think that's, that's likely going to happen, but, uh, but that's more a, a testament to PJ Walker than it is praise for Cam Newton. But they need a good Sam Howe. That's what they need. Yeah, that's that's uh, they could definitely use a, a, a quarterback draft pick. I mean, I don't know how many good ones are going to come out of this next class. But anyways, yeah, we can we can touch on that further down the road. But uh, Micah, you got another waiver wire pickup to throw at us? Yeah, if you're looking for a tight end this late in the season, Cole Komet should be available in some waivers. And he had a very good game this past week. And I've, Justin Fields um, has sat out and Andy Dalton played. And do we know who's going to start this week? Have y'all heard? Uh, I think Andy Dalton's going to start because Fields still isn't 100%. Okay. Yeah, I think, so. I, I think that is the case. Although I do think that today he had a limited practice field. So, you know, hmm. but if he's not taking full practices, especially by tomorrow, definitely, I, I think we'll, we'll know for sure. It's Andy it, there. They might try to find an excuse to start Andy Dalton anyway, because he was better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, neither one of them are, are great at all. And I think at the, I mean, the, the, the problem is that Matt Nagy like is about to get fired. So he's probably thinking he can save his job and maybe Andy Dalton gives him a better shot, but like, you know, put the guy that you drafted, in and let him develop even if it looks bad because the guy is Andy Dalton certainly isn't the future in, in my opinion. Well, I think it's similar to this not to touch on it too much but I think it's like the Zach Wilson situation where there's no need to rush him back because you know it's it hasn't been great so far this year and he may need a mental reset so there's yeah. no need to send them back to the wolves quite yet. Yeah for sure for sure um but all right, well, I have one more running back that uh, nobody nobody touched on, and it's Sony Michelle. Um, this one is a little bit more of a of a. Hopefully, we we hope that it's a, a one week fill in, if anything. Uh, but you know, we, we never know with these things. Uh, Daryl Henderson has came up with a quad injury, and um, you know, I think we've seen that whoever's going to be the running back in that system is is going to be productive, and uh, I think Sony can have a really good game if Daryl Henderson's out or even limited. Uh, and, you know, hopefully after that, Henderson will be back and there won't be any issues. But I think it's worth the pick up this week if you need – if A, if you have Daryl Henderson, but B, if you just need a, a, a possible running back start. Yeah, he was, he was next up for me after Jamal Williams. So, good call. Nice. Well, you got anybody else on the list? Uh, if you need a spot tight or a spot uh, start at tight end, Foster Moreau – probably be a good pickup to have uh looks like darren waller's probably gonna miss this game unfortunately for me because i have him in a league but uh yeah foster Moreau would be a really good guy to start uh, in his stead because he was getting a lot of targets in his place and yeah he could he could be a load in tight end one for you so good spot start i definitely agree micah you got any more names on your list i was actually gonna say Fabian Moreau. so Fabian Moreau. Oh, that's a cornerback interesting 
Oh wait, wait, is his name Foster? Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau. Yeah, yeah. But well, okay, why are there two people with Moreau and they both start with F? <laughs> I guess it's a one in twenty-six chance, but yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, uh, well, anyways, right. yeah. No, uh, I do think he's a good spot spot tight end. Um, you know, I, as as good as any, I guess. You know, in this terrible tight end landscape we have, but. All right, yeah. Uh, so definitely, I think there was a lot better options this week, particularly a running back than there have been in past, in, in, not in all season necessarily, but you know the past couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's 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 exciting. And and yeah, maybe Chuba Hubbard or Jamal Williamson, you know, one of these guys could end up. You know, there's always these guys at the end of the year that you know become league winners last year i think think of jeff wilson uh you know or a couple of guys like that that they aren't useful all year and then they just uh you know and i think and, and to be fair chuba had his time earlier when when uh christian mccaffrey was out but i think you know they're strong candidates for that so definitely try to snag those guys all right guys let's move on to our dog discussions the four legs and first first leg we're going to start with Micah, and everybody's going to take a victory lap. Now, I guess there's still time to be proven wrong. Maybe it's a little too early, but at least up until this point, which is, you know, uh, two-thirds through the real season and, and uh, you know, I guess like 80-something percent of the fantasy season, uh, how, how you, who's someone you're feeling good about that you feel like uh, your preseason premonition was correct? Now, I have a redraft one and a dynasty one. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, my redraft one is Hollywood Brown. Um, mm-hmm. I said he'd be a wide receiver two this season. He is a wide receiver two at the moment, and he missed um, – He they already had their bye week, and he missed another game. So, he's a game behind on most guys, and he would be a wide receiver one. But – him and the Ravens have been just very like injury like prone and he only missed one game and then Lamar missed the game but he's done well I've been very happy with Hollywood the guy for Dynasty is James Robinson I had him as a mid RB2 before the season and even though that was before ETN got knocked out and ETN got knocked down he's still been that even with his injuries and Urban Meyer trying to figure out the offense and not use them at the beginning of the year. So I think he has solidified himself as one of the young running backs that a lot of people are going to want to trade for and draft and startups going forward. So those are my two guys I've been very happy with this season and I like their prospects going forward for the rest of the season and onwards. So. Yeah, definitely Hollywood, me and Nate both got to give you credit on because we were not on that train of thought at all and in fact i think we were we gave you a lot of shit for that yeah, ridiculing you you for, for <laughs> your belief in hollywood brown but no i mean especially at the you know first half of the season i mean this guy i think was was a top six or seven receiver for for you know a large part of the season so he slowed yeah. down a little bit the whole you know raven's offense has kind of slowed down especially the last last week but uh at the same time he's still somebody i'd love to have on my team honestly dynasty or redraft so uh, you know, uh, definitely if people listen to you on that, then they benefited. So, and as far as James Robinson goes, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I was one of the people that I didn't have him in any leagues, but I was like, trade him If you do, it's over. Here comes ETN. And honestly, even before ETN was drafted, like, uh, I think we thought you've always been a hater. 
I don't, I'm not saying it was, I was a hater. I just didn't think he was going to be, you know, a solidified running back in an offense moving forward. And it does look like he will be. And so, uh, and he was playing incredibly well. So, um, you know, when ETN is in there, it certainly will, you know, he'll, he'll take some sort of knock, but at the same time, like he's shown that he's proven to everybody that the talent is there. And, um, honestly, I think somebody, uh, it's might be similar this off season is Elijah Mitchell. We were kind of talking about it a little bit before the, before we started the podcast, but uh, I think a lot of people will be like, Oh, they're going to bring somebody else in. Cause Elijah Mitchell's a fifth round pick. And uh, you know, um, so honestly, I think that, uh, that that could be the, the next, the next James Robinson, but anyways, uh, good, good calls for sure. Nate, who do you got? Who's uh, one or as many victory laps as you have for us. Oh boy. Okay. So y'all know I'm going to have to mention the leading candidate for rookie of the year, Mr. Matt Jones. I told you, I told you, I told you, man, this guy is a baller. Uh, The past two games or the past uh, three games, he's had two top 10 QB finishes. I think he was QB five overall this last week. Um, yeah, man, he's just a really good football player. And uh, hopefully they add in some more receiving wep- weapons that have actually had like a thousand yard seasons before maybe. But uh, I mean, he's making it work and Kendrick Bourne has become a new favorite target of his. So yeah, um, yeah, I think Mac Jones has been uh, outstanding this year. He's the leading rookie quarterback so far. Um, I have to take another small victory lap on another rookie quarterback that I saw a lot of people ranking in like the top 12 quarterbacks in redraft this year. Um, and that was Trey Lance. And I kept saying like, he's going to be on the bench for a lot longer than some people are thinking. And it looks like it's going to be the whole year for him. So um, kind of a wasted pick there in a lot of leagues. I think it was useful, like one league where you knew you could start him the one start he had and he had, you know, like a QB two finish, I believe. So, um, so yeah, just um, not a great pick if you were getting him expecting a QB two on the season. Yeah, I'll definitely have to concede the Trey Lance to you. And I mean, you know, in Dynasty going for it, I'm, I'm still equally, I mean, I, I still think he's going to be a very Dynasty relevant and possibly top 12 quarterback in Dynasty, but it, I, it is taking a lot longer than I thought it would be uh sorry, my, my cat my cat was uh was scratching at the door so uh but uh anyways um yeah but as far as mac jones goes i mean i you know i i uh i definitely agree for real life he's been way better than you know right away with those options but you know he's overall quarterback 19 in fantasy i mean that's kind of what i was saying was you know he's going to be a, a decent real life quarterback but in our in my fantasy rankings you know I didn't see tons of upside. That being said, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, has looked pretty disastrous. Uh, you know, I don't think it's over for him or anything, but I mean, obviously Zach Wilson and Justin Fields have, I mean, I, you know, I use the term disastrous with, with Lawrence, but I don't know what, what word I'd have to use for them because it's been, I wouldn't say disastrous for Lawrence. He's just on a really bad team with a really bad coach, but I mean, he's, he's shown flashes, but I think they look like rookie quarterbacks, a lot of them, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, normally they, they, rookie quarterbacks aren't super fantasy relevant. We kind of got spoiled with Justin Herbert yeah. and uh, all that last year. Right. Well, and also, I mean, fucking, that, that, um, that's Trevor a good Lawrence point. and Zach Wilson got taken to the first and second worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. They went to the Jags and Jets who had awful rosters. They didn't have that awful management for years. 
So I don't think we should have expected them to do great year one. Yeah. Like even Josh Allen was like a QB two, like a middling QB two his first year. If right. That. Right. And honestly, to be fair with Josh Allen, I, I think there was less hype, if you will, coming in on him uh, than, than, you know, certainly Lawrence, but, but arguably Wilson as well. So uh, yeah, but you know, it, it's been a rough year for some of these guys, but uh, you know, definitely don't, don't give up on them too early. Uh, but that being said, you know, just like you'd like to see flashes of it on the field and, you know, you do see some plays and everything, but uh, yeah, you know, like for, for a guy like, for Lawrence being compared to Andrew Luck and things like that. Uh, it, I do think it's been a little bit of a disappointment for people, but I don't think that, uh, especially, you know, people were drafting him thinking and ranking him as a top 12 quarterback. I would, none of us did, but drinking him as a top 12 redraft quarterback this year, you know? And so, uh, you know, uh, but anyways, uh, all right, well, I will take my victory lap now and uh, it's going to be, and honestly, yeah, it can be for Dynasty or Redraft. I think they kind of apply to both. But uh, Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr., he was my sleeper pick in our um, our opening uh, season episode. Uh, and uh, my sleeper wide receiver pick, that is. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a he was a top 12 quarterback. He had a not-so-great la- week last week, so he might be a little bit lower at this point. But even still, I mean, he was getting – picked in the ninth, 10th round, just super, super deep. And to have a high end wide receiver too. Uh, and the, the, the clear number one receiver on that offense, I think uh, it's paid off for a lot of people. And in dynasty, you know, he was originally like a late second round pick, um, you know, getting drafted over uh, after a lot of guys that he's outperforming now, um, including guys like T Higgins um, and uh uh, well, I was going to say Debo, but that's not true. He's not doing better than Debo, but uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, definitely. I think he's been a phenomenal uh, pick. And, and as far as a dynasty outlook, I think it's gold looking for him. So uh, Michael Pittman, I will take the victory lap on. And then my top dog running back pick was a Mr. Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon has had his career season. Uh, I Great. think both of you had some doubts. Although I will say, I know uh, Micah at least you know drafted him in a league. I had him as an RB one. Yeah, yeah, Micah was pretty high on him. I was the low guy on him. So okay, okay. Because it was always this year is going to be Joe Mixon's year, and I think that this is the third or fourth year, and it finally happened. So it happened. Third or fourth time is the charm. Yeah, you know, and look, pretty much every other running back. Uh, you know, I mean, almost ever the top three picks have all gone down at this point. You know, Christian McCaffrey out for the season, Derrick Henry likely out for the rest of the season. Uh, Dalvin Cook, we don't know, but at least going to miss a couple of games. So uh, at this point, you know, I think he he's he's borderline like a could have been worth a top three pick, uh, Joe Mixon at this point. But uh, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. But the the um, despite, I mean, the whole. Burrow's doing well. T. Higgins did well last week. Obviously, Jamar Chase is completely broken out, but uh, that that offense is based around the run. It really is. Like he he's getting like twenty eight touches a game. It's kind of crazy. So there's not a lot of full workhorse, uh, you know, loads like that. And uh, yeah, so Joe Mixon and Michael Pittman are my victory laps, and I feel good about them. Oh, all right. Well. 
leg number two is going to be uh i didn't maybe there's a better way to phrase this but uh it's the lap of shame yes a shame lap there we go uh about uh a player you were wrong about whether that be you thought they were going to suck and they turned out being good or you thought they were going to be great and they turned out being bad so uh i will pass it back to you micah and give as many people as you prepared for this well, there is one person I want to mention, but he is under my sleeper category, which we will talk about later on, but he would qualify for this at the moment. Um, but the guy I want to talk about and apologize for is Mr. Alvin Kamara, who will be missing his fourth straight game now, who, you know, when he was out there and played well, he's been, he was great during the season, but all of a sudden he gets hurt. He doesn't get put on IR. So he's just sitting on your bench, clogging up a roster spot for four weeks now. And every week you're hoping he comes back. Um, even if you've got Mark Ingram, he ended up missing a game. Tony Jones did awful when he played. So there hasn't been like super suitable replacements for him. So that just created like a backfield void for the last month and has damaged a lot of teams. So, and you know, the top, the top, like, what four or five picks this season have just kind of turned on most people like many who have like a turn at the back end and that are getting um you know guys who aren't getting hurt or missing a bunch of time um probably are the ones doing very well throughout the leagues right now so um yeah alvin kamara i thought he would be challenging for mvp the art clear rb1 and sadly he is not and he's not out there which just makes it even worse yeah, I mean, at least everybody else's RB1 was also a bust. So, you know, you can take solace in that. But, uh, but uh, all right, yeah, I think that's definitely a good one for sure. Uh, Nate, what about you? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I did have Hollywood Brown prepared because I, but I figured Mike was going to bring him up anyway. Yeah, like he's uh, he's missed a little bit of time, but he's wide receiver 11 in points per game this year in PPR league. So, yeah, he's had a fantastic year. Great call, Micah. Um, a guy that I had ranked QB 13 on the year was Deshaun Watson because I figured he was going to get traded and come back at some point. And it just like the, a million different times, rumors would heat up and then die down, heat up, die down. And it just never happened. And he's not going to play it all this year. And it would have been a wasted pick. So I, I sorry. Deshaun Watson, not worth it this year. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I was the only one who didn't have him ranked in our top 24 quarterbacks episode. And, yeah, uh, you fool. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> fucking, what, what do you know when somebody's in the career? I, I will say, I, I'm very surprised he wasn't traded by the deadline. I didn't suspect that, so I can't. Yeah, him. if he would have, because that's the thing, if he would have been traded, he would have played, but right. it didn't happen. So the two compiling issues were too much to overcome right my, my argument was that he wasn't going to get traded until the middle of the season so you you know i couldn't rank him as a top uh, 24 quarterback because he wouldn't play enough games but you know it, i didn't think he'd play no games but no that's definitely a good call there um all right well my lap of shame is going to be one that you tried to warn me about nate and it's mr kenny galladay who i had ranked a wide receiver 23 at the beginning of the season uh he's literally droppable don't i mean not in dynasty but it's just so sad to see they spent uh, so much money a former like fantasy stalwart just dissolve into dust 
<laughs> and it's just it's really sad but him and daniel jones just don't have a connection they can't i mean it's daniel jones you know he he has to throw to open receivers he can't the, the, the and, and i'm not even blaming it on daniel jones i mean kenny galladay's well, dropped passes he's been no, nicked up all year no Dan, I mean, there's been a million no, the reasons, entire but, new york giants offense has just been cursed with injuries like daniel jones is going to miss this week it looks like yeah but they're but really here's there hasn't there's been one game where Kenny Galladay scored 12 points, but outside of that, like he really hasn't had a game. Also, it's been Jason happy. Garrett, and I think that Jason Garrett was just completely self-destructing that entire offense. Well, I'm taking a lap of shame on him. I'm not drafting him probably moving forward unless he gets out of New York somehow. Or maybe there's a change in, you know, coach, quarterback, you know, there might be all of the above. So we'll see. I won't won't say I'm completely out on him, but I was very wrong about him this season. And, you know, if you have him in Dynasty, hold on, but just hope he can maybe be like a wide receiver three again at this point. Uh, And uh, hope he gets traded. Yeah, I mean, it's a hefty price to pay for somebody that hasn't produced in two years for any other team. So uh, I don't I don't know who's going to be in that market, but uh, anyways, Kenny Galladay, I was not correct about. So that is my laugh of shame. Uh, and I, and to be honest, I could throw in Trey Lance, uh, you know, uh, Nate mentioned it earlier. Uh, I, I did have him ranked. I know it's a top, uh, I don't know if I had him as a, as a top. I don't think he was uh, definitely a quarterback too. I think it was maybe 14 or 15 in my quarterback rankings, but, uh, redraft, but in dynasty, he was, he was a, a top 12 pick. I think it was 11 for me. And that, uh, you know, there's definitely 11 other guys I'd rather have in dynasty right now. So, uh, you know, I'll take a lap of shame on Lance. However, he will come. The day will come, and it will be victorious <laughs> or disastrous. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyways, um, all right, number three. Who? A little bit of real football talk here. This is, uh, you know, NFL League MVP. Who is your pick, and why? I'll go start. Start. Start with you, Nate. Well, you see, here's the thing. I prepared the fantasy MVP. Uh, so I'm going to go with my answer, and then we can just figure out the rest from there. Yeah, uh, I, put, I put league MVP. Or actually, I've mistyped league on our note. League note but, uh, yeah, that I guess I could have been more clear there. But, uh, but yeah, maybe if you have an answer off the off the top of your head for that, you can answer after your your. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the others some thought. But uh, league MVP, as far as fantasy goes so far, is uh is mr cooper cup he has the biggest gap between him and like the second best guy at his position uh, in ppr leagues he's averaging over 25 points a game so and he's been incredibly consistent doing it so yeah i'm gotta go cooper cup as my fantasy league mvp and you know you're not super far off from the league so the the two highest players that are non-quarterback uh, in the MVP race, at least in the Vegas odds right now, are uh, are Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. So you know you aren't super far off as far as like a dark horse candidate. I mean, because it's kind of interesting this year. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are kind of talked about, but nobody's really having this like 50 touchdown crazy season. And it, a lot of the quarterbacks are kind of even with each other, so it, well, it could, could go to a non quarterback possibly. And I'll go ahead and like use that to transition into I literally have written down that my runner-up is Jonathan Taylor for fantasy MVP but 
I, I think he might be my real MVP, honestly. Like, he is by far the best running back in the league. He carries that offense. They struggled so much against the Bucks when they gave up that huge lead and they finally started giving Taylor the ball at the very end. And he, like, almost single-handedly went down the entire field for them and got a touchdown. So it was a little too much, too little too late for them. But they they rely on him to completely, like, carry that offense and set up the play-action game with Wentz. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, I'm a big running backs guy, so he would be my real-life MVP. And he's close to being the fantasy MVP as well. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if in order for that to happen, like, the Colts would have to, you know – convincingly win win some games at the end of this year and definitely obviously make the playoffs but because just because the there's very narrative based you know the 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 mvp award but that being said if they did you know win out or even maybe lose one one game from here on out and make a nice playoff run or whatever i can definitely see him getting some votes so um yeah i mean he is certainly one of the most valuable players to their team uh well my pick is gonna be a little surprising i think just because he's missed three weeks but i honestly think my runner-up has also missed a couple of weeks so i you know uh for the time they've been there but i think he's gonna have an awesome end of the season and that's kyler murray um he's currently third overall in the vegas odds and that's because he's been out you know obviously he's been out for three weeks and they slowed him back in but um you know look his team is uh the has the second most win or the most wins in the league. Yeah. Yeah. They have, the, they have yeah. the most wins in the league right now. Um, if that continues and he has a great end of the season now, especially now that D hop is back, um, I, you know, I really think, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kingsbury's in the, in the talk for coach of the year. And, you know, if the, nobody really saw the Cardinals winning that division. So I do think that he's, uh, going to be a really strong candidate and, um, my, my runner up, well, I'll let Micah give his answer because it might be my runner-up, but if not, I'll, I'll swing back around. See, here's the thing. You said that Kyler Murray missed three weeks and they have the most wins in the NFL. He's not going to win MVP on those bases. If they're winning without him, people aren't going to vote for him for MVP. Well, they, I mean, they won two games, but I wouldn't say it was, you know, convincing. I mean, they have a great defense, but I mean, I understand that's, that, that, that's a fair point. So, so who's your pick? And, well, it goes into mine is I think whatever um, out of um, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes end up getting the number one seed in the AFC and put up like a good last few games is going to win it because honestly, like it's wide open right now. Mahomes can't. I I'm a, stati dude, statistically, Mahomes, Mahomes literally pretty much can't win it. Dude, he. I mean, he might, but it'll still his 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 stats will his stats will still be so pedestrian. You, you say that, Josiah, guys. but Mahomes actually right now has better betting odds than Kyler Murray does to win the MVP. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I know he's up there, but I you know I really don't I, you know I kind of I think Josh Allen. I mean, you name like four guys, so you know we're supposed to pick no, one. But here's the thing: uh, it's mainly out of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because if Lamar I think like, those has are both a very better good end of the yeah. season, and the Ravens uh -huh. with all the injuries and everything they've had end up with the number one seed in the AFC, like it's going to be hard to not give it to Lamar. So I think the thing with Lamar um, is. You know, obviously he had such a catastrophic game last week. He's kind of slowed down mm -hmm. a little bit, and um, he is. Look, if 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 they actually gave the award for what it sounds like it is, a hundred percent. Like Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. is the most valuable player to his team. I mean, he is responsible for a higher percentage of his t total 
uh, team's overall yardage. Um, I mean, there's, it's just. But I don't think it means like most valuable player on your given team. Cause that like, it's kind of determined by the talent on your team. To me, Fair. it's like, Fair. what, what player would you take number one overall? If like you to like, this is the most impactful, most valuable, he's going to get, help me get the most wins that's who i'm taking yeah i mean i so i think if that were true i mean i just i agree that that's just maybe how it should be thought of but like you know i think it's very narrative based like you know each year it it, they kind of try to give it to a new and person each year yeah he already won so that's gonna happen that's why i think is maybe if the bills end up getting the number one seed it's probably josh allen's and there's Hey, y'all, y'all aren't gonna like this, but you know who the leading candidate is? He's probably my backup, Aaron Rodgers. My 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 runner up, Aaron Rodgers. He, he is number three at the moment. Okay, okay. The person with the best betting odds to win the MVP is Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that's that's not surprising. Uh, Josh Allen is number two, and Aaron Rodgers they may is end number up, three. They, they may end up giving it to him one last time. I mean, he's won it three times, so that's kind of in my mind why I, why I. I don't yeah, think of it as super likely, but, but no, I mean, I honestly, I, he's another, I mean, obviously he, he is very, but, but I mean, that, that that's interesting uh, to think of it that way, uh, you know, kind of in a fantasy related way, uh, Nate, and I like that, but, you know, I think the way the, the actual MVP voters think of it is it's, it's, uh, you know, who's this freshest face that we can allow in the, and it's always a quarterback. It let's be real. It's basically who's the quarterback on the winningest team is usually what it ends up being, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays off. It plays out. Uh, but I think this year uh, more so than other years, I think it's wide open. I think at this point in most other years, like last year, it was pretty clear, you know, obviously the Mahomes year, everybody like was fawning over Mahomes and it was clear it was going to be Mahomes and, um Lamar the Lamar Jackson year the next year was the same way and and Aaron Rodgers last year was again kind of the same after about week five or six when people were like oh wow he really is having a historic season so I don't think there's really anybody like that this year so it'll be interesting to see I think there's a lot of dogs that can win this race Brady's on pace for over 5,000 passing yards so yeah I'm not saying he won't deserve it I'm just saying fuck him all right that's what I'm saying But anyways, uh, all right, guys, uh, we probably need to speed things up a little bit, but our last dog discussion of the day is who is a player you think will be a sleeper pick next year? So whether in Dynasty or Redraft, somebody that you think will be underdrafted is kind of hard to project this far forward, but, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see who you guys came up with. So, uh, Nate, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, so I'll start off with Antonio Gibson, and that is dependent on as long as he doesn't keep having good games like he did this last game. But uh, as far as the majority of the season goes, he's underwhelmed a lot of people. So I think uh, some less than uh, attentive fantasy owners might be more down on him coming into next year's draft, just because by that time, a lot of people just look at the numbers and they don't take into account that he played with a shin injury most of the year. So I uh, yeah I think once he gets healthy again, Antonio Gibson's gonna take another step forward. So I think he could be a sleeper next year as far as value goes. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean I don't think he's gonna be drafted outside of the second round. I I think he will. Okay. I mean we'll see. I mean I I, you know I've had him all year and uh you know he's running back fifteen right now um and he's had two three three 20 point games and uh, 18 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do agree. He's, he's had some disappointing stints for sure, but you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Gibson owner and I, I'd be happy to draft him. And especially cause it, he actually uh, secured a victory, a miracle victory for me last week against Micah, but that's, Man, that's, that's beside the point. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah but, I think you're running a high on him. Um, I mean, he's like RB 19 or 20 in points per game. He's RB 21 actually in points per game. So I just like, I think some people, you know, drafted him as a high end RB two or low end RB one. And that hadn't panned out this year just because I think he's been limited by, you know, like he was taken out of the fourth quarter, I think for the chiefs game because he couldn't finish because of the shin injury. So mm-hmm. stuff like that, I think it's just not going to happen when he's fully healthy next year. You might be right. That's something we'll have to keep tabs on how what the temperature on Antonio Gibson is going into off season. But, uh, but yeah, honestly, the the whole running back landscape is, I think, next year just going to completely morph. You know, the past couple of years we've had a lot of the same names in the top, uh, you know, five, really top ten, and uh, I think there's going to be some some it, some scrambling around. But uh, is Christian McCaffrey your number one redraft running back next year? No, he is not. Nope. Okay, I agree. He is not for me. He has yeah. fallen. It's probably Jonathan Taylor, honestly. Yeah, so, damn uh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of wild but uh all right um all right so micah who is your sleeper pick for next season looking so i said my sleeper pick could have, well i said my super pick could have been one of my disappointments of the season um it is lavisca chenault because this season has been pretty bad he hasn't gotten over double digits since week six um, it has been a quite unfortunate run for that Jaguars offense outside of James Robinson, just because he's the man. And Jamal Agnew before with, he went down. And Jamal Agnew before <laughs> he got hurt. Um, but here's the thing with Novisca. He's had games where he's gotten nine, ten, another nine, eight, seven, seven targets. So he's getting the passes thrown to him. It's just that Trevor Lawrence has been inaccurate and the offense has just been awful by Darren Bevel, who hopefully will get fired and canned after the season. Urban will get his head out of his ass. But I'm still completely on LaVista going forward. This year has been a complete disappointment, but I just don't think a lot of it has been his problem. I think it's been quarterback play and the offense that is being run. So I'm not out on LaVista yet, but I will say that this year has sucked and it will make him fall a lot and a lot of drafts next year. And I think he could be a steal. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I I don't know if I agree that he'll be a worthwhile sleeper pick next year, but at the same time, I I definitely think he's going to drop a lot and honestly, probably more than he, more than his talent should. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I'd feel, I'll tell you what, I'll feel better about LaVisca once Urban Meyer's gone. So if okay, hopefully uh, they move on from Urban Meyer, but if not, I'm still going to be a little bit hesitant. Uh, but, uh, but no, that's a great pick. I think, and especially if, if you still believe in him, he's definitely going to be at a discount next year. Okay. So uh, great pick. Uh, mine is in a similar vein. Um, it's a guy that I think we all had ranked pretty high. Uh, I think maybe you were the high guy on him, Micah, if I remember correctly uh within the in our rookie uh picks but it's going to be terrace marshall um mm. so you know terrace marshall he's been declared like a healthy and active i think was last week and before that he had a concussion where he was out for two or three weeks but maybe that had something to do with the healthy and active maybe they were just sitting them to let him sit but uh 
Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really been valuable at all this season. I think he was my number five uh, uh, rookie wide receiver, um, but there's definitely been been guys that, uh, you know, you, uh, you should have drafted above him. I wish I had had guys like Kadarius Tony above him at this point. Uh, Do you have Elijah Moore above him? I think I think I had Elijah Moore behind him. So yeah, that's another another one. I think mm. it was uh, for me. It went uh, Jamar, Devonte, Waddle, Bateman, uh, Marshall. No, no, no. Yeah, Marshall. Then Rondell Moore. Then and I'd rather have Rondell Moore than Marshall. So, anyways. But that being said, uh, especially in dynasty drafts. But uh, I mean, he's probably not even going to be drafted in redraft next year. So this is like a super yeah. sleeper. But. Uh, in, in dynasty drafts, I think he's still a guy. I mean, he's a really, really good in a red zone target. Uh, I do think he's going to have more of a role. Let's not forget that Joe Brady, unless Joe Brady goes to a, you know, he might end up getting a head coaching job, but if he stays there for, as the offensive yeah. coordinator for the Panthers, um, you know, that was his offensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers. And so I do, you know, I believe in the talent. I believe in the the offensive situation he's in. And uh, so I, you know, I still believe he'll be good, just not this year. Or Terrace Marshall just ends up being Denzel Mims 2.0. That would be really sad. (laughs) All right. Um, All right, guys. uh, We will move on to our start sit. Um, Let's try to be quick about these guys because we're we're lagging a little behind. Not not trying to miss too much of this game. Let's go. But speaking of this game, our first start sit question is going to be about one Mr. Taysom Hill going to go up against Dallas. Sit him. So on a scale from one to five, where is he at? Uh, I'm going to give him a two, just as Dallas can suck and as Dan Quinn, but he also sucks. So he's a two. Dallas has had a really, really good defense with Dan. Dan Quinn might get another head coaching job here. It's just Uh, the players. It's not the coaching. It's a Micah Parsons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, they they lost their best defensive player. I, I mean, Dexter. You can argue Mark and Parsons is better, but at least at the beginning of the season, you know, Dexter Lawrence was their defensive, you know, stalwart. And and I, I I've been very impressed. And honestly, I'm kind of happy to see Dan Quinn still. I, I wish him no. I'm not. Else, I want so. him to fail. Yeah, I know. You you, you <laughs> I can you, tell. You you've always hated him, but uh except for when we were winning, almost winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I liked him in the. Remember third you liked him the then. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, so, all right, uh, Taysom Hill, what about you, Micah? Uh, Nathan? My name is Nathan, and I give uh, Taysom Hill a three. So you can start him. And here's the thing. I think you can start him as, like, a QB2, but he is, like, low in QB1 upside. But he also could completely bust yeah. because he was without his wide receiver one, his running back one, his tight end one, uh, his, starting le- his starting left tackles and right tackles aren't going to be there. So uh, this is totally on the basis that he could get two rushing touchdowns and, you know, help you out that way. But if he doesn't get any and throws a couple picks, it's going to be uh, – it could be a bust for you. So, um, yeah, I give him a three just because he's a little risky. That is uh, exactly how I feel. I don't have too much to add. I'll also put him at a three. Um, I will say I am starting him over the next guy uh, that we have on our list in one of our leagues. Um, And that's Jared Goff, who I have at a two versus Minnesota. Um, He just really, he started out really hot at the beginning of the season. I think he had like a 30 point game and it's just been really disappointing since there. He, uh, he hasn't broken 15 points in, in a minute. And, uh, I I'm, I'm I'd like to see him do well before um, I, I know you mentioned you know he does have that connection now with um, 
uh, Josh Reynolds, but, um, you know, I don't know if that's going to really help him. Um, and Minnesota's defense is starting to improve a little bit. So it's a, it's a two for me. Start him if you have to. Micah? Oh, yeah, no, he's a two for me. I mean, if you have to start him, you start him. But golf has not looked as good this year as I thought, and part of that has been the offense around him isn't very good. And Swift's going to be out this week. I don't like it. Yeah, um, Swift is, I think, their leading receiver on that team. I know he leads them in um, yards and scrimmage. But, yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a 15-point game since back in week four. Um, the Vikings aren't a bad team as far as quarterbacks go, uh, fantasy quarterbacks go. But, yeah, I mean, I give him a two. Yeah, so we're all in agreement there. Uh, all right, what about uh, Matt Ryan versus Tampa Bay? You got to start Matt Ryan. He's got to beat Tom Brady at some point. It's happening this week. It's a guarantee the Atlanta Falcons are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and go to 6-6 on the season. And the Falcons finally beat Tom Brady once before he sets off into the sunset. So Matt Ryan's a 5-40. All right. Yeah, I, I see the Falcons abandoning the run game or getting behind extremely early where they have to. And passing a lot so it's going to be a lot of Cordero Patterson hopefully some more Kyle Pitts um yeah and I think you know Matt Ryan has some pretty open throws this last game and he was visibly upset on the sideline so I think he's going to come out with a little bit of fire and uh put up a, a much better game than he has the past couple what was, what was your what was your start number uh, I'll, I'll give him a four I think he's a solid QB too I like it I think I'm a little less bullish than you guys this week. I'm going to give him a three, but at the same time, um, I think he will improve over his pay. And he's had some really disappointing weeks last week, certainly. Um, I think the week before as well. So um, I think he will kind of break out of that rut, but I don't expect it to be, there's just not enough options. I mean, Cordell Patterson's been great, but there's really just not enough options um, for, for him right now. I mean, Russell Gage is starting to look a little bit better. Hopefully that can that can continue to look that way. But, um, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll put him at a three. Um, well, what about Tyrod Taylor, who me and Micah had a bet last week, Tyrod Taylor versus oh. Zach Wilson. Although it wasn't a huge win, it was a – dang, I just beat you all over the place last week, Micah. I'm, I'm hey, but Zach that, Wilson but. and the Jets got the win over the Texans, so Zach they Wilson did. was the they did. Hey, quarterback. He was the winning quarterback. That's fair, but, you know – uh, it wasn't too cool. I think Tyrod Taylor, he was my start of the week. I think he got like 16 points. It wasn't incredible, but you know, good enough for, for what you're starting Tyrod Taylor for, if you're starting him probably, but, um, but yeah. So what about this week versus Indianapolis? Three. You know, he keeps doing well. There's no need to reason to think he's going to have a God awful game. So I don't think you stick with Tyrod. All right, Nate. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the three as well. Um, the Colts are actually a good matchup. The thing you have to worry about is them playing keep away with Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to run him early and often in this game. So, mm -hmm. oh. yeah. Real quick, speaking of bets, just a reminder for you to win our $50 Trey Lance Mac Jones bet, you need Trey Lance to outscore Mac by about 125 points over these past couple of games. Was that a was that a fifty dollar bet? Yeah, it sure was, buddy. <laughs> Maybe you can show me the tape. Oh, uh, don't make me go back and search for the episode. 
Uh, all right, all right. I think he's gonna have a big, big end of the season for sure. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Damian Harris at Buffalo. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't say how I feel about Tyrod Taylor. I'm actually gonna have him at a two this week. I'm gonna sit him probably. Um, I know Indianapolis is a decent uh, run defense, but they have an awesome front seven, and Tyrod honestly doesn't look that great under pressure. Uh, he does scramble out and get some yardage there, so maybe you know that's that's what he'll do. But um, yeah, I, I I feel less less good about him this week than I did against the Jets, certainly. Um, all right, well, what about Damian Harris at Buffalo? As I mentioned earlier, he's had uh, some up and down weeks, and you never know with that Patriots backfield. I say start him. Uh, I'll give him a four. So solid flex play. Okay. Maybe even an RB two. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a little less bullish. I'm going to give him a three. I think you can start him if you need to, but Buffalo is literally statistically the best run defense in the league. So um, I, I, you know, I have to give that some credence and uh, also, you know, Bolden, uh, of course, Ramondre Stevenson, that was with Ramondre Stevenson had his blow up week with Damian Harris out, but that being said, he's still getting worked in a lot more now. So um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it maybe even at a two. Uh, Buffalo's kind of scaring me off a little bit, so that's where I'll put that. What about you, Micah? Um, I think um, Damian Harris and Ramondre are both cool threes. That there there will be enough touches in that um, Patriots backfield, especially this week. Even though I know Buffalo does have a pretty good run defense, but the Patriots are still gonna try to run the ball against them. Yeah, but it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They're going to have a game plan and dig down Buffalo like they always have for years. And, and yeah, this see, is for I, the number one spot. This is for all the marbles. Right. The way I see it is Tredavious White just got injured for the rest of the season. Like, I mean, Mac Jones has been looking great. I will, I think the game plan might be to attack him through the air more than the run. But uh, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, I'll be the low guy on Damon Harris this week. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be the high guy on Mr. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire versus Denver. I usually am. But uh, I'll go ahead and say that I'm going to put him at a four. Uh, he showed before the bye week uh, that they're pretty much going right back to him, and Damian Williams is going to have that secondary role. Um, so, you know, I, he's had some ups and downs, but, uh, you know, I feel like especially with this really, really barren – Running back landscape right now, he's he's uh, as good a scarred as any, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as a top 10, 12 running back this week. So putting him at a four. Oh, well, he's not going to be top 10 or 12, but I'll give him a three uh, as far as if I'd start him. Um, so, yeah, I'd start him. I think he'll put in, a, you know, flex value and may could knock on RB2 territory. But, um, yeah, I think he's a flex start this week. Micah? Micah? What do you think about Clyde Edwards? Uh, He's a two. He's going to have a shitty week this week. He's a small man. Denver's been playing well. <laughs> Denver's going to upset the Chiefs this week on Sunday Night Football. You can also book that for this week. Oh, wow. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a two for me. Well, I hope the upset happens. But, uh, but yeah, no, I do think that uh, he'll get enough work. And like I said, there's just there's so little running backs to feel very confident in that I think it pushes him up a little bit higher for me uh, this week more so than others with McCaffrey dalvin cook all these guys being out so um all right uh what about miles sanders at the new york jets so you know this is a guy that i said would have a much better second half of the season and i guess if you compare it to his absolutely disaster first half of the season it has been better but still not great uh but the new york jets are the 32nd 
best run defense that puts them in last place. So uh, how do we feel about Miles Sanders this week? Uh, I'll give him a three, just he's facing the easy run defense. They should be up by a lot. So um, yeah, if he was running better, it'd be a four, but he hasn't looked amazing since he's been back. Yeah, I'll give them a three just because they seem to have more of a focus on running the ball um, the past couple weeks in Philly. So um, give me a three for them. Well, I'm going to put my – well, there's no money involved. But if there were, I'd be putting my money where my mouth is and put them at a four. I think you can uh, start Miles Sanders this week. And if you can't, if he lets you down this week against the worst rush defense, then I will back off. But – this is the matchup. This is the one where Miles Sanders, this happened last year too. You know, at the very end of the year, he had like a 30 point game out of nowhere. I think it was the first week of the playoffs, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not saying 30 points, but I think he's going to have a, the first really good game uh, this season. So, uh, all right. Well, what about uh, a man that we've mentioned is the hardest man to start or sit. And he's been on this section segment. It feels like every week. And that's Miles Gaskin at New York giants. He Said broke the curse. Hey, games. he had back-to-back good weeks after seven consecutive weeks of up and down. He, he did, which makes me nervous about this matchup. <laughs> Can't have to uh, do it, it, Yeah, it's, it's the start of a new streak, I feel. But the Giants have been very, very friendly and, uh, you know, in PPR leagues. I like that. Friendly, like how you put friendly that. to opposing friendly. running backs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're nice people over there. Um, a lot of Georgia yeah. Bulldogs over there, so we know that yeah. some nice fellers. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're an easy matchup, and I think Miles Gaskin is one of the few things they got going for him aside from Jalen Waddle. So uh, yeah, the, I think you can start him. I'll give him a, I'll give him a three. Very friendly, very friendly. Those guys and nice people. Um, all right, what about? Oh, I didn't get mine. Um, I'll I'll put, I'll I'll say three. I think you can. I think at this point, Miles Gaskin is your is if he's your RB two every week. You just got to go with the ups and downs. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean now, don't get me wrong. There's better options, and you hopefully he can be your wide receiver or your running back three. Um, but uh, but you know if he's you know I think you start him as as a wide as a damn it, as a running back two every week. So uh, <laughs> so but I do think you know the Giants are you know. On paper, they're a decent run, run defense, but they haven't really shown that, uh, especially recently. But um, all right, well, what about a guy that is the wide receiver 16 over the past six weeks? Micah, do you want to give your opinion on? Oh, Miles Gaskin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I suck. Yeah. Yeah, he's a foe. <laughs> he's a good old four. He's going to have a third 20-point-plus week in a row. Okay. So I say start. Mike Glennon's going to be starting for the Giants. They're going to be running the ball on Miami or just a little dump off passes oh, yeah. from Tua. So hey, I did actually see – I, I saw a report about an hour before we hopped on that uh, Darren Jones is going to try to play this week. So it's not 100% that Mike Glennon's well, going to play. Well, he is a warrior. Well, well I, you know, he hasn't looked great it's without true, the neck strain, but we'll, we'll see. But uh, all right, well, what about, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the wide receiver 16 over the past six weeks, and that's been a real big surprise uh, for me personally, uh, and that's Kendrick Bourne uh, going up against Buffalo. Shadavious White is out. You got to start him. He's a three. I don't know if I want to give him a four quite this week, but he's a three. So you don't yeah, have to start him, but you can start him. 
Yeah, if if Josiah's right and uh, they focus more on the passing game than the running game, I got to give him a four. Just he's been consistent lately, and he seems to be Mac Jones' favorite target. So I imagine they'll try to target him with White being out. Yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting. Like he's been the most productive receiver, but he's also the one that's on the field the least. Like Jacoby Myers um, and Nelson Aguilar. Like if there's two wide receiver sets, those are usually the guys out there. Uh, so he's on the field the least, but he's getting the most production. It kind of scares me a little bit, but that being said, Tredavious White being out, uh, Kendra Bourne plays in the slot a lot, uh, and Matt Jones has shown he's incredibly accurate. So, yeah, I'd, I'd give him a three. Um, Buffalo, if they had Tredavious White, it might be a little lower, but I think he's a solid start. Uh, well, what about the guy that we mentioned is finally starting to come around? At least he caught a touchdown last week, and that's Russell Gage going up against Tampa Bay. Nate, start Matt Ryan. You start oh. Russell Gage. All right, that was Micah, but that's okay. He's a four. Start Matt Ryan. Start <laughs> Russell Gage. What about you, Nate? Uh, I'll give him a three. So kind of middle and ground there, just because it could go really sour. But um, yeah, he's he's the lead receiver for the Falcons right now because still missing Calvin Ridley, and it hurts my soul. Mm. But it is what it is. Well, his soul is hurt. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at a three. I still don't fully trust him as a solid start, but I'm starting to get where you can flex him and feel good about it. And if uh, you know Tampa Bay does have that banged up secondary, so hopefully we can we can look good and Russell Gage will be a part of that. Um, all right. Well, what about Mr. Odell Beckham versus Jacksonville? He had a long touchdown and ten targets last week. So um, do we, are we starting to feel better about him in the Rams offense than maybe we did with the Browns? Uh, yeah, mainly because of the Robert Woods injury, but I'd, I'd give him, you know, he's still fighting with Van Jefferson, who also is, I think, uh, a, a four on the start set scale. So, um, yeah, I, I think both of them are four for me just because the ability for them to score a touchdown in that offense and Stafford, even though he has had some trouble lately, he's still putting up a lot of yards and the receivers are benefiting from that. So, yeah, four for me. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, sorry, just before you answer, Micah, uh, Odell Beckham had 10 targets, Cooper Cup had 10 targets, and uh, Van Jefferson had nine targets. So it was almost a three-way split down the middle. So I think that does speak to what you're saying there, Nate, that, that all three of these guys are, are startable. And uh, I think uh, Odell Beckham, I'm going to let him give him give me one more week before I move him up into the four category. But against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I wouldn't be surprised if he can showcase a little bit. Uh, so he's a three for me. What about you, Micah? Yeah, he's a three for me. Jack's defense hasn't been good. I mean, Tyson Campbell's going to have a lot to deal with. I don't know if he's going to be on Odell all game, Cooper Cup. I don't know what they're going to do. So uh, I, I still think he's done well enough so far with them that he deserves to be started in flex. Well, with the number one and number two receivers being out for the rest of the year for Jacksonville and, and Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew, uh, can we start Marvin Jones Jr. or LaVisca no. Chenault versus no, the Rams? No, ones. No, so just no passing production, No, not, not going week. to anybody. Okay. Like if you had to start one, I mean, I know you're the LaVisca. You, uh, All right. Show. Okay. Okay. Still, still putting, giving the nod to LaVisca. What about you, Nate? Yeah, I'll give LaVisca two bordering on three territory. So, so you can start him if you have to, but you're praying. And what about, what about Marvin Jones? Would you start Marvin Jones over him? Uh, no, I'll give LaVisca the slight nod. 
I think I'll give Marvin Jones the slight nod, but I think I'm going to give them a, a, a two and LaVisca a one. So, uh, you know, I think it, it'll be really interesting to see where the targets go because Dan Arnold was getting like eight targets a game and he just, he's on the IR now. So uh, it'll be, targets got to go somewhere. Um, but anyways, all right, guys, uh, let's move on to our reflection section and reflect on something that we've learned this season something this season has taught us, something that maybe we're going to do a little bit differently than we have in the past, uh, anything of that nature. So, Micah, we'll let you start us out. One thing I learned is that the running running back position can suck my nuts. It has just – I'm just going to start going. I don't know total, like, no RB, but, like, wait to get – like, you could have gotten James Robinson in Dynasty drafts this year in, like, the fifth, sixth round before ETN got hurt. Um, and just waiting to get a guy like him later on and maybe a couple guys later on. Um, but I don't know if I want to pick a running back, honestly, within maybe the first, like, three or four rounds of Dynasty, lock up quarterback and wide receiver, and then try to get some running back value as you go down or pick young guys in the rookie part of the draft. But – I think I'm going to start leaning a little bit less towards running backs and other back and other running or other positions going forward. And so usually taking, is that maybe redraft? Obviously I'm going to probably take a running back in the first round of redraft. I don't think that's changed at all, but I think from a dynasty's perspective, I'm going to start waiting on running backs more often. Well, I can say to speak to your point this year, even a redraft. I mean, if we were to go through the first round draft picks that were running backs, I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry was very, 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 was the fantasy MVP before he got injured, but of course he got injured in the middle of the season. Uh, so Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook's been up and down. Uh, Saquon Barkley has been a bust. I mean, uh, Zeke has been okay. I think he's like running back seven, but it hasn't felt great the past couple weeks. It's just like, uh, there's really been uh, like, you really could have taken, you know, Cooper Cup or Devonte Adams as uh, uh, one of those picks, and probably it would have been better for you. But, but I'm not saying that's how I'm going to go going forward. But it, it's interesting that has definitely been been a, the case this year. Um, well, mine kind of touches on that a little bit. It's a little bit different. Um, my reflection is about um, handcuffs. It's about handcuff running backs and those high end elite handcuff running backs. I'm going to start drafting those guys in like the seventh round. Like after the, you know, I'm not going to go for these. Oh, is Michael Carter going to emerge from this incredibly shitty backfield? You know, I'm just going to go for it. Nope. Tony Pollard. Nope. Uh, you know, uh, Alexander Madison. And uh, because we really see that, that it's, uh, especially if you have one of the, you know, if you have the corresponding handcuff to the, to, I mean, that's what a handcuff is, I guess. But, you know, if you, you know, if you have uh, Zeke, you know, get Pollard, if you have Dalvin Cook, get Madison, it's, it's incredibly important. And before, you know, I've known that that's a concept and then that's something you can do. The one, the one league I have Zeke, I do have Pollard as well. But that being said, it was never a priority for me when I, when I do draft that running back first, but I, especially if you're drafting that running back in the first round for me, handcuffs are have become increasingly more vital and more important to me. And I will, especially those high-end handcuffs, I will, uh, you know, treat them, uh, draft them much higher than I have in the past. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think Madison and Tony Pollard have a lot more value than people expected this year. So, and that's only increasing, it seems, as the season's gone, gone on. So, um, yeah, something I've learned is just, like, don't be afraid to – even in redraft, like look at youth for running back, um, rookies, second year players, like 
I got DeAndre Swift in like the beginning of the sixth round in our redraft league, and he's been a top six running back, I believe. Like, you know, you can get some of those run uh, young guys at a big discount. Like Najee Harris was another one that you could get a lot later than his value is dictated. Um, you know, it's, you know, Elijah Mitchell, nobody saw that one coming or, you know, not many people. I did say that I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up better than Trey Sermon, um, which has happened, but yeah, it's, um, you know, just like those young guys can produce and they normally have a lot of juice to give and, uh, they were drafted for a reason. So don't be afraid to go after those guys. All right. So yeah, all of our reflections there are, were running back related. So, uh, that's, that's kind of cool. It's a big theme. Nice little trinity. Most of, polarizing position of, in fantasy. Uh, for sure, for sure. No, no, no. I, I like that it's all they all kind of bounce off each other and 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 relate well to each other. Sounds like we all are gonna manage the running back position a little bit differently moving forward mm-hmm. than, than maybe we have uh based off of all the things we said. So Ooh. all right, y'all gotta hear this. E- even at missing as many games as he had, Derrick Henry is still RB5 on the season mm-hmm. <laughs> in total points. Yep. Jeez, that's <laughs> That is insane. Well, I guess he isn't quite yet a bust. He'll become a bust by the end of the year, but he'll move back. But as, as of right now, he's still not a bust. <laughs> he's, still, he's still the RB5. So Yeah, he's he's still like twenty over 20 points ahead of RB10. So he's, he's going to probably lose it, but my God. Yeah, yeah. Now, by the, by the you know, next two weeks, he'll probably end up being in the, you know, 15 to 20 range. But still, yeah. that's, that's incredible. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's finish out with the start of the weeks. Uh, the games are starting, so let's get them in there quick. And it's yeah. going to be what? All right. I, I just have to jump to running back real quick because I have to get this in before the game starts so I don't get accused of watching anything. But Tony Pollard is my start of the week. Oh, That's Thursday right. night against the okay. Saints. So, so you, do th- you don't believe old Jerry that they're going to give – uh, oh man, he phrased it so horribly. Yeah, he, he we're was, gonna give him a serious load. Yeah, he, he's gonna <laughs> get it all. He's gonna get the big one. Um, we don't hear that the way you think we hear that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think he also said like Amari Cooper was a full go when he was like gonna miss a game or something. So take yeah. what old Jerry says with with a grain of salt. Yeah, he, he, he's an old man and he he says things. So um, yeah, Tony Pollard's my start of the week. Yeah, hopefully that you know I'm starting Zeke over him in the league. I, I really kind of wasn't sure about it this week, but I'm 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 putting my faith in Jerry. He had full practices. Uh, Zeke did, so uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's a good call for sure. Well, let's uh, let's let's go back and start at tight end here, um, and uh, give our tight end start of the week. So I'll go ahead and start with mine. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Logan Thomas uh, at Las Vegas. So he would have had a great week last week, but the the he had the you know, touchdown that was ruled not a touchdown. It was very, very close as to whether the ground helped him gain control of the ball or whatever. But I thought it was a catch. But uh, even still, I mean, it's pretty much him and Terry McLaurin as far as the passing game goes uh, for Washington. And uh, I feel pretty good about Logan Thomas moving forward. So uh, I think there might be some people kind of worried about starting him. But I think he's going to be a smash against Las Vegas. Oh, and last week at tight end, I had one Mr. Austin Hooper at the Ravens who did not catch a pass. He had zero. Ooh. Who's it? <laughs> well, we need a soundbite for that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, so, oops. Uh, but, uh, all right. Uh, who is your tight end start of the week, uh, Micah? Um, so, last week I had Hunter Henry who got like three or four points. He didn't do jack shit. 
Um, so this week I'm going to try to flip it around and he was the guy I mentioned in waivers. It was Cole Komet, especially if Andy Dalton is out there this week. So he's been looking really good and like tight end coming to his own in the second year. So um, he is my tight end start for the week. I think that's a good one. And honestly, uh, not to, I know it sounds like I'm trying to stick up for fields here, but fields was targeting him a lot as well. So regardless of whoever starts, uh, you yeah. know, I do think that Cole commits a good start. So, um, all right. Uh, you look very maniacal there, Nate, but uh, who is your tight end start of the week? Uh, I'm also going to go with my waiver wire mention and that's uh, Foster Moreau against Washington. Not Fabian? Um, no, not Fabian, Foster. <laughs> okay, uh, and I looked that up before the episode specifically to not make a fool of myself as Micah did. Well, I so beautifully. To do so. um, but uh, yes, I, like I said, I think he has like low and tight end one upside. So um, yeah, snag him up. All right. Well, that's going to bounce really well into my wide receiver start of the week, which is Hunter Renfro versus Washington. Um, I think that Renfro has honestly became one of my favorite players to watch. I know that's like super weird to say, but his route running is so clean, man. And he's a little guy, but he will take a hit. Like he just, and he pops right back up. Like he's honestly. Scrappy. I, yeah, he's a gym rat. He's scrappy. a real one-tail type guy. He's a real white receiver. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's I I do really enjoy. I mean, there was a, I think I talked about this already, but there was he just put this cornerback in a washing machine with this like series of like three different juke moves, and it looked kind of funny on the field. But I mean, it got him open for a touchdown. This was like week five or six, but it was a uh, it was awesome. But anyways, uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro, I think he's going to have a great week. Washington secondary is not that great, particularly their slot uh, their slot cornerback. So uh, fire him up, Hunter Renfro. Uh, last week I had, goddamn, Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Bucks, who also had a bad week. So uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, I didn't have a good week when I started the week last week, but I think it's because Nate wasn't here and it kind of threw off my game. Hmm. <laughs> So what you're saying is your success is dependent on my presence. I, it, I, yeah, you're my, you're my good luck charm. Uh, uh, That's the only way I can excuse my horrible performance last week. So I'm, I'm cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay, for receiver, for me, it's going to be Brandon Ayuk versus the Seahawks. And this is in part because Ayuk's been doing a lot better lately and also because it looks like Debo is likely going to miss that game. So Ayuk should see an increase in his targets and the Seahawks defense has been suspect to say the least. So, um, yep, Ayuk's my start of the week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's a good one. I'm, I'm kind of – so I got a question for you uh, quickly. Uh, you love T. Higgins. Well, I'm deciding between Brandon Ayuk and T. Higgins in a league. We aren't in it together, so it's fine. But – who would you start? Oh, that's tough because T. Higgins has done really well lately. Yeah, well, particularly <laughs> last week. But who's, who's speaking Higgins? of uh, Los Angeles Chargers? Or the, uh, the Bengals are against the Chargers. That's probably going to be a shootout. Uh, I'd go with Higgins just because the 49ers are going to run the ball more. But Okay, okay. All right. It's all close. Right. All right. Well, Ayuk is still a good start of the week. I'm struggling with that decision. Uh, who is your wide receiver start of the week, Micah? Speaking of T. Higgins, he was my wide receiver start last week. He was. Oh. was going to be the T. Higgins breakout game we've been waiting on. And you know what? And you gave happened. Jamar Chase a three and T. Higgins a four, and I was shitting on you. I was like, "What do you, dude? That's so stupid. That well, how are you doing it? What is your ranking system?" But you were, you, you were exactly right. You, you were right. So I got to give you credit there. 
Yeah, so hopefully I can do it again this week. And it's maybe another of a sleeper guy, but it's Miko Hardman against mm. the Broncos. I think he's mm. going to bust a deep ball and um, get a long touchdown Sunday He's going to get a big load. That's a serious load. load. <laughs> a serious load. <laughs> so I like Miko yeah. for this week. I like that. That's a deep one, man. I, I, if that comes true, you get a little bit of extra glory points, I think. So uh, I like that a lot. Um, well, at running back last week, I had Melvin Gordon, who did okay. He ended up – it looked like he was going to leave the game. He got a little bit banged up, and he came back in the second quarter. And, you know, it was okay. It wasn't really start of the week worthy. But this week, I have his teammate, Javante Williams, at Kansas City because Melvin Gordon uh, might not play. And Javante looked – great I mean he's looked great all season it's just been a matter of how much work he can get but if, if Melvin Gordon's out or at all limited I mean Javante Williams is going to have uh an explosive game against a pretty soft uh Kansas City front seven so uh he, he may be another guy if he doesn't explode these last several games that could go under the radar and dynasty and redraft drafts next year yeah 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 that guy He'll could break out He'll definitely go a little higher in dynasty just just because of the age but i certainly agree in redraft next year he might he might be like one of these fifth sixth round guys mm-hmm. yeah so um all right who do you got at running back nate uh, i already mentioned tony pollard tonight against oh, the yeah. saints and that's i haven't right. seen an ounce of the game so we'll see if i'm right, right or not that's right all right micah well it is the cowboys very first play and it was an incomplete pass to cd lamb Damn. Well, my running back for this next week is uh, going to be David Montgomery. Um, he They have been giving the ball to him way more than Khalil Herbert since he's gotten back. So I just think from sheer volume that he's going to get a lot of touches this week. And I think they're going to play a really good game against Arizona. Obviously, they're going to lose. But I like David Montgomery's prospects for the week. I like that pick a lot. All right, I'll bounce it back to you then and let us let you give us our your goddamn pronouns. Uh, quarterback start. You are week. his her. <laughs> uh, your quarterback start of the week, Micah. Um, I had Daniel Jones last week. He got like 15, 16 points. He did all right. Uh, great. Um, this week, a guy who's been surprising a lot of people, surprising me, it is Taylor Heineke against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he's been serviceable. I mean, he hasn't been great, but his also his rushing upside also helps him a lot. So I can see this becoming a shootout between them and the Raiders. So um, Taylor Heineke is my quarterback star of the week. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I have uh, Hunter Renfro uh, for the Raiders and Logan Thomas. So I, you know, I have a lot of this game too, because I do think it will be uh, high scoring. So, um, all right. Well, my quarterback start of the week is going to be a man you hate. And that is Tua Tungavaloa versus the Giants. He's looking good. Listen, we haven't said his name, I don't think, on our podcast once, but Jalen Waddle, honestly, He's been killing he it. might be a top 12 dynasty receiver. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like I had him, I had him over Devontae Smith, and it's really looking like he can end up being better. Yeah, he's a. I mean, you know, it, I think they're both, you know, great moving forward. But I mean, uh, as, as of right now, I mean, Jalen Waddle. I never would have thought he'd be a wide receiver one in re, like this year in redraft. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's either twelve or thirteen. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. But yeah, Tua. I, I'm starting to really believe in Tua. Uh, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm comfortable trading for him, and uh, I think he's gonna do good against a pretty friendly Giants defense, as Nate. 
They're nice fellas. Um, yeah, so quarterback for me this week is going to be Kirk Cousins, who has had a fantastic season, but he's going up against the Lions, and I think he's going to unlock a little bit of that Kirk magic and give you a solid QB1 performance this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I think fire up Kirk Cousins. And uh, if he didn't have a big game, I think Alexander Madison will, um, just mm-hmm. if they get ahead and run the ball a whole lot. So keep an eye out for him. Oh, yeah, definitely plug plug in Alexander Madison as well. Well, well guys, that's all we got for you this week. Um, we got one more week of our normal normally scheduled episodes uh, with, our, with our normally scheduled segments uh, next week. And then um, we'll move into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we'll do a little bit of uh, reflecting on the year's rankings and uh, maybe do some DFS starts and things like that. Um, but uh, – and then uh, – after that, we'll we'll be diving into some scouting and getting our rookie reports ready for you. So, uh, but uh, as always, we we appreciate you listening. You guys got anything to add? That's it for me. Glad to have Nate back. Have the triumphant back for sure. I'm sure all you listeners are as well. And uh, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, hug, kiss, and love us forever. And we will do the same. Uh, I have one thing to say before we go. All right, sit and go, go. I hope when we get back here next week, we will finally have seen us beat Alabama. And I hope yeah. we are cheerous and just joyful. We'll be in a much better mood, I assure you. Oh, oh God. let's go, boys. I hope that's true. We need to start a separate college football podcast, but we don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, but yeah, we'll 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 get we'll get into a lot of these college players here coming up soon. But uh But, yeah, guys, we appreciate you listening. Uh, Enjoy your week. Enjoy your football. And best of luck. And go dogs. And go dogs. Go dogs. For Nate and Micah, this is Josiah, Fantasy Dogs, out.